Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. You are ready to wake up, you're going to wake up. And if you're not ready, you're going to stay pretending that you're just a little, poor little me. I assume that you're all on the process of waking up. Or else you're teasing yourselves with some kind of flirtation with waking up, which you're not serious about. But I assume maybe you are not serious but sincere that you are ready to wake up. So then, when you're in the way of waking up and finding out who you really are, what you do is what the whole universe is doing at the place you call here and now. You are something the whole universe is doing in the same way that a wave is something that the whole ocean is doing. The real you is not a puppet which life pushes around. The real deep down you is the whole universe. Thanks for that, Alan. And it's so true and so often overlooked by us shining crazy diamonds. The universe is trying to wake up with us. The birth pangs Paul talks about in Romans and Philip K. Dick ran in the exegesis. Light is breaking through the cracks of the simulation as Leonard Cohen sang in Anthem. Every living thing wants to wake up, and all we have to do is try harder, go a step further, disengage a little harder with this terra damnata. It's about the things you survived. As it's written, the world breaks everyone, and afterward, Some are strong at the broken places. We're waking up to our divine nature and the divinity all around us. This means too help is all around. There are powers from up above and powers from within always there to assist you in your journey. As hard and painful as it may seem at times. Almost unbearable. And as the Sethian texts proclaim, 
The rescue operation of Sophia started as soon as she realized her mistake. Glad the Pleroma doesn't believe in cancel culture. We're waking up and dreaming while awake. And that means an experience of euphoria and purpose and belonging never felt before. Just as it means all the useless distractions of the Black Iron Prison. Politics, material delights, relationship friction no longer work on us. Down through the centuries, the notion that life is wrapped in a dream has been a pervasive theme of philosophers and poets. So doesn't it make sense that death too would be wrapped in dream? That after death, your conscious life would continue? I mean, you know, if you can wake up, you should. Because, you know, someday, you know, you won't be able to. So just, um, but it's easy. You know, just, just wake up. Clark Emery said the awakening of any individual is a cosmic event. That's all that matters, and you're not alone, never have been. The Aeons smile at you, and Sophia weeps in joy for your success. Her tears that became the oceans and the rivers, according to Valentinian accounts. For my time path vanished like a breath, and I am become matter. Thus you come here to Aeon by for the means to awaken further and know you are not alone. That help that is like heaven above me, the spy that loved you. God is earth. God is us. God is all around. We don't take prisoners but liberate them. We are not the final authority on anything, but hope to be an endless possibility for everything. We run with those searching for the truth and avoid those who have found it. And we often rage against heaven and storm the gates of hell for our misplaced childhoods and paradises lost. What is the universe without each sunrise? And that's how we judge our gods. Not on their math, but their poetry. With the birth pangs of the universe, we continue to awaken even as most meat sacks would rather remain in a comfortable sleep, as Gurdjieff said. Pump with fake plastic tree dreams and injected in the brain with algorithm fantasies. We are waking up and we have so much support behind us beyond our innate creativity, kindness, and dank sense of humor. I have nipples, Greg. Could you milk me? But what are some of the ways to wake up, Miguel? You alleged pompadus of gnosis? Shit, you know the drill. Only you know that, for that is your journey. As Gnostic and Jungian scholar June Singer said, Gnosis speaks through individuals, each according to his or her own nature. Anyone giving you a roadmap to Satori is a butt-slave of the Demiurge. God isn't for you, Lenny. God is for men who have no use for freedom. But you should know the rubrics by now. Go inward. Find who you really are and what reality is not. Then your sacred purpose and true will will become known to you. 
And then your authentic self will likely quote the I Ching when it declares. In the search for enlightenment, there is an ever-present certainty that there is more to do. Someone else who holds the secret, another state to attain. In the finding of it, there is a comical revelation that not one of those things was ever true. It's been a brilliant journey of self-awakening. Now you've simply got to ask yourself this. What is happiness to you? Kill all those Buddhas on the road. Kill your heroes as AWOL Nation sang. Forget about saviors or villains, as they are all illusions. The imposter's triumph and disaster Kipling wrote about in his poem, If, only exists to inspire or be inspired. That is all. What I'm trying to say is it's got to be something here first. This is where the suffering is. This is where the, the injustice is. I still say the work has to be done here on Earth. Let me ask you this. Where did Jesus do his work? Where did he teach? Help the least of your brothers. Expand your awareness. Choose ecstasy over entertainment. Don't be the change you want to see in the world, but be the strange you want to see in the world. Know that there is no cure for what you have, and you'll have it in every existence. And thus integrate your insanity, your sickness, and make it your greatest armament. Know that imagination is the only weapon in the war against reality. As the Cheshire Cat told Alice, You need to believe in things that aren't true. How else can they become? Lastly, hack your consciousness. That's what the universe expects as you wake up. That's what your consciousness wants. And that takes an altered state of consciousness, as well as self-knowledge and new perspectives. My father says that almost the whole world is asleep. Everybody you know, everybody you see, everybody you talk to. He says that only a few people are awake and they live in a state of constant, total amazement. By Odin's Dingleberries, you will be gaining a new and unique perspective on this episode, my beloved true seekers. Our astral guest is Dr. Sid Robb who materializes at the Virtual Alexandria to discuss her book, A Simple Explanation of Absolutely Everything, A Simple Fractal Model of the Conscious Universe. Yes, the universe is conscious and it's waking up with you. Sid's marvelous and keen ideas will provide you with needed hacks into the nature of the cosmos and your place in it. It's within you, hidden all this time along with your divine spark. Sid's ideas are indeed very Gnostic, in line with the Valentinian ethos, and she further demonstrates this with her other book, The Gnostic Gospel Illuminated. Alright, alright, alright. Get ready to understand with Sid how conscious you are, and the universe is as well and how you are working together to release so much light in the darkness of mere being. 
You have the potential. You are more beautiful than you could have ever imagined. Sophia weeps in joy at your achievements. Junkies and masochists and hookers and those who have squandered everything are the ring of brightest angels around heaven. As Nikos Kazantzakis wrote, If we all desire it intensely, if we organize all the visible and invisible powers of earth and fling them upward, if we all battle together like fellow combatants eternally vigilant, then the universe might possibly be saved. And let me quote June Singer again, who said, It serves no purpose to conceal who we are or what we know. Knowing ourselves and being willing to stand for who we are makes life authentic. If we can do this, then we can move freely through life because there is no dissonance between our sense of our own nature and the way we behave. This place is designed to mess you up, to mess with your head. None of this is real. It's all just trials to test your heroic attributes. And as Tobias Churton wrote, Gnosis is the religion of the artist, and the artist is simply man doing what man does best being a joyful co-creator, manifesting light in the dark universe. Let us do our interview with Sid Rop, and you might find yourself in a very different universe at the end. A conscious fractal one, as the Gnostics contended, with you waking up a little bit more. And it will probably be as Alan Watts also said when discussing what is enlightenment. Imagine going through a door, this great barrier. When you get in and look back from the other side, you find out there is no door. But will we not taste death as the Gospel of Thomas promises? Tell us more, Alan. So then, when you die, you're not going to have to put up with everlasting non-existence because that's not an experience. Try and imagine what it will be like to go to sleep and never wake up. Think about that. Children think about it. It's one of the great wonders of life. What will it be like to go to sleep and never wake up? And if you think long enough about that, something will happen to you. You will find out, among other things, that uh, it will pose the next question to you. What was it like to wake up after having never gone to sleep? That was when you were born. See, you, you can't have an experience of nothing. Nature abhors a vacuum. So after you're dead, the only thing that can happen is the same experience, or the same sort of experience as when you were born. In other words, we all know very well that after people die, other people are born. And they're all you. Only you could only experience it one at a time. Everybody is I. You all know you are you. And wheresoever beings exist throughout all galaxies, it doesn't make any difference. You are all of them. And when they come into being, that's you coming into being. You know that very well. Only you don't have to remember 
class in the same way you don't have to think about how you work your thyroid gland or whatever else it is in the organ. You don't have to know how to shine the sun. You just do it like you breathe. Isn't it, doesn't it really astonish you that you are this fantastically complex thing? And that you're doing all of this and you never had any education in how to do it? This is the Aeon Byte interview. And with us, we definitely have the pleasure of having back Sid Rob to discuss not our new book, but the new edition of a book I really enjoyed. A Simple Explanation of Absolutely Everything, with the byline, A Simple Fractal Model of the Conscious Universe. Sid, thanks for coming back to Aeon Byte. Oh, thanks for having me, Miguel. Indeed, it's great to have you. And with us, as always, we've got someone who can relate to these topics very well, especially that great nexus where spirituality and physics join together. And that is the Moondog Vance. Vance, how are you doing? I'm fine. Glad to be here with you and Sid and looking forward very much to hearing about Sid's explanation of, <laughs> of absolutely everything. Absolutely everything. And yes, we are going to cover a lot of ground and go through the history of the universe. We will also be touching on her other book, Agnostic Gospel Illuminated. For the audience, Sid was with us on AM Byte Live, episode 17, June of 2019. And we covered her book, The Gnostic Gospel Illuminated. And we went through a very visual and wonderful journey on her book that deals with the Valentinian work, the Tripart Tractate. Very visual, as I just mentioned, and very thorough. But we're going to talk about this book also tonight and how it all comes together. But if you get a chance, go check out AB Live 17, which you can find, uh, obviously, on my YouTube channel. With that information now available... Sid, uh, as you mentioned, this book came out a while ago, but this is a new edition. Uh, what happened that you needed a new edition? And, or maybe just tell us how this book came about in the first place. Well, in the first place, I was, um, my, my job was as an innkeeper at a big, busy bed and breakfast. And so I used to cook breakfast for a dozen people every single day day in and day out, 365 a day, a year, right? And so um, I cut a lot of fruit and made a lot of fruit salads during that time. And I came to notice that with fruit and with bell peppers and uh, just the fractal nature of fruit. And then I started seeing that toroidal pattern in all of the fruit. <laughs> it's like a bling, I see Tauruses, you know, it's like a, a light bulb went on. And, uh, so then I um, had been contemplating the nature of the universe all my life. I, I was a precocious child. And so I would actually started talking philosophy and whatnot when I was about five. And so I've been on this path a long time and watching as uh, cosmology unfolds. When I was a kid, you know, it was only uh, one galaxy. They didn't know what was beyond the Milky Way. Do you remember that? Yeah, briefly. Vance, you remember it, don't you? I, mean, oh, I, I don't remember. I, I think we had a few galaxies. We had Andromeda galaxy. That's <laughs> I remember that. Okay. But you so, had Star Trek. 
<laughs> oh, yeah. No, no, no. This was before that. Oh, okay. But um, anyway, the point being, um, I, I had been pondering the nature of the universe all, all of my life with my older brother, who's 10 years older than me, and he is also a PhD in philosophy. So weren't we lucky to have each other because we used to talk cosmology, philosophy, and physics all, ever since I was a, a little kid. So I had for a long time been thinking mud up, spirit down. That makes sense, right? You know what I mean by that? Mud up, spirit down? No, it's, not familiar. Well, we humans are, well, I may have made it up, but we humans are made up of mud, which is essentially um, elemental molecules and particles. We're made up of the stuff uh, that everything in the universe is made of. And so we build up from the bottom our our you know, our meat sack, as Gnostics often call it, uh, is really made up of the elemental mud of, uh, of our planet, the, you know, the elements. So anyway, um, spirit down, but we are infused with life and spirit, and we have these spiritual inclinations, and uh, we are animated by some sort of moving spirit, some sort of chi or or Holy Spirit, whatever it is. Anyway, so it's mud up and spirit down. And then the, the we, the humanness, or usually the meat part, it kind of meets, meets in the middle. And Anyway, the point being, I finally uh, sat down one day to write a play about something else entirely. And instead came out like the first 20 pages of this book. Boom, it was like a channeling, so to speak. But obviously, my subconscious had been working on this for, for all my life. And so um, 10 years ago, uh, out came the whole simple explanation with the concept of the memes and the toroidal patterns and how karma feeds into history and all this kind of thing. And I know I sound like I'm raving right now and none of this makes sense, but <laughs> it will, won't it, Miguel? It, right? Oh, yes, it made complete it sense to me. And right. I like... Uh, and in your book, talk about meat sacks, you do <laughs> human meat mountains, which made me giggle a lot. Yes. It reminded me of the yeah. Mandean demon called Krung, <laughs> the giant mountain of flesh. So for some reason, I thought, but, but meat mountains is a cute name for us humans. Thank you. Well, that's <laughs> what I think of it. This is my meat mountain, and I am the king <laughs> of my meat mountain. And, and also, when I think of my body with my eyes closed, I actually think of myself in a triangular shape. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, in, in your book, uh, The Gnostic Gospel Illuminated, uh, the pleroma is kind of a triangular shape, a pyramid. Yes, and right. I remember many in our audience were writing that. It's like, wow, it's a pyramid with a giant eye at the top. So. Yeah. Oh. oh. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> odd how it came out that way. Anyway, so I'm babbling, but you asked how. And so out came this whole theory. And I ran it by, I was teaching college at the time, and I ran it by uh, the teacher in the room next to me. And it, it, she was astounded by these first 20 pages because it, it's an entirely new theory. I mean, I've never heard anybody else describe reality this way. Have you? No, I haven't. No, I haven't. And it's, and again, it's so applicable. You can apply it to history, human consciousness, uh, physics. So that's what's great. It just, it cuts through everything and it's uh, very testable. Yeah, right. And so the reason the 10th edition came out, back to the original question, is that my, I've been writing the Simple Explanation blog uh, 
continually for, you know, over 10 years now. And so it's got like 350 um, original articles of mine on this subject. Uh, so people should go to my blog. And uh, anyway, so I had to update the book simply because so many of the things the simple explanation predicts scientifically has actually been tested in the last 10 years. That's kind of cool. Cool. Yeah. And, and, and as time goes by, I, I keep finding that it, it keeps getting proven. I, I haven't run across, I mean, I might be completely deluded. It could be selective perception, but I read a lot of science magazines and a lot of uh, articles and, and uh, journals and whatnot. And things just keep getting proven because I can, my theory, a simple explanation actually can predict and then describe phenomenon that people are puzzled by right now in various fields. So this is a meta theory. Once we get to it, this, it will be a, a you will hear now a meta theory that is uh, applicable to anyone else's domain of knowledge. See, I, I don't have to be a, an expert in every domain of knowledge in the world. This is a meta theory that they can all use. It's like a skeleton and you put your own meat on it. Mm, that's wonderful, God. And yeah, you're running a bed, bed and breakfast. I was thinking, how can I wish more people were like you? Because if I go to a restaurant and I tell the waiter or waitress, how's it going? Oh, the weather or the bears. I wish they would go. Let me tell you my theory of oh, the fractal model of the conscious universe. That uh, is exactly what it was like. I, I really <laughs> enjoy that. Really? As you can imagine, of course. So after what once breakfast was served, then I would also sit down at the table. And if there was a lull in the conversation or somebody asked me a probing question, I would describe some completely interesting scientific thing I had just read uh, in the last couple of days and then talk about the simple explanation of it. They seem to dig it. <laughs> People came back every year for uh, yes. eight years. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. So yeah, something is sticking. So it's good to see that's out there. But why don't we first talk about the problem of why maybe people aren't getting it. In your book, you do write uh, that your book, A Simple Explanation of Absolutely Everything, is not, quote, dumbing down science or philosophy. <laughs> and uh, you also write, all logic and science is based on some assumptions. So what you're trying to do is just strip away all the layers of linguistic jargon and all that that make things much more complicated, right? Exactly. And uh, I have a PhD in rhetoric, and uh, so I'm a person who can read and understand classic literature, but my specialty was the rhetoric of science and the rhetoric of medicine, it, which isn't my niche. And so I read science and medicine as uh, literature, so to speak. And I look for the underlying assumptions and the worldviews of the authors of the study, uh, because there's assumptions all over science. The, everything's a narrative. Okay, this is 2020. Oh my God, what a year. We all know what narrative means by now, right? <laughs> you know, we keep oh, hearing yeah. that there's this narrative and there's na that narrative. Narratives are stories. We tell the world, we tell ourselves about the world through stories generally, and they're all, they're stories. So if you, 
you know, there might be a set of facts there, but the way you weave them together is a story, right? That's why in a courtroom, you've got the defense and the prosecution. They've both got the same set of um, uh, evidence, but they each tell a different story, one to make you guilty and one to make you innocent. So it's like that. It's all the stories. It's the way you weave the world together that is the story. So science, scientists have a very narrow mindset. It's their... We, you know, people say they believe in science, but believe me, people, these people are not believing in science, obviously. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> Let's not get into that. All right. We won't we'll get into that. We'll tiptoe around but, that but for all later. Right, we'll tip, okay, for sure, because we got other ground to cover. But the point being, um, many misunderstandings about what science is. And so um, a lot of people who consider themselves even to be scientists, they're very good at their small specialty. They're po because people are made to specialize in graduate school. You know, you can't be a generalist as a scientist usually in graduate school. You're a this or a that or a this or a that, and you do a little really small, small, you know, post hole digging uh, drill down, and that is your dissertation and that is your field of study. It's a very narrow focus. So there aren't very many generalists that look at everything. But I'm not coming from the world of science. I'm coming from the humanities and classic literature and, you know, the Greeks and the Romans and so forth. So I, I uh, oh, sorry, I got, <laughs> sorry, I just started thinking about Plato. Stop me. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, so you basically <laughs> you would say simplicity is not reductionism. Right. See, uh, one, the way that modern science seems to have progressed is the instruments are being focused smaller and smaller and smaller bits, and they keep trying to reduce, whether it's in physics or chemistry or biology, they keep trying to find the smallest workable parts. Everything's nano, everything's getting small. But that is not progress, <laughs> in my opinion. Uh, we should be thinking more general, more ecologically, in a sense we're all related and everything is processed. So it's all the story and you can't tell the story just by drilling deep. So that's what reductionism is. It's, it's um, looking for smaller and smaller things and expecting that next particle to explain the universe, but they're kind of looking in the wrong direction. So what I do is I simplify I'm not reducing in that way. I'm simplifying by going up rather than drilling down. So my theories are like one up. So in the classic Plato sense, you, when I said the word cup, what kind of cup do you think of? Everybody's got their cup. What's your favorite cup? Is it a right. mug? Is it a coffee mug? Is it a little dainty, you know, porcelain thing with pink flowers on it? What is it? Everybody's got a cup. But up in the metaverse or up in the... Uh, ether, so to speak, there is the concept of cup, the meme, as I call them, of cupness, cup. So this is like Platonic uh, philosophy here. But anyway, so uh, by going up to that level where the you strip away the particulars of what the particular cup is, and you just think of cupness, so to speak, now you're dealing on that level, uh, one higher level than all the particulars. And there's, there's where the fractal patterns all start emerging. Then you can start to see that everything is just a story and they're all telling the same stories over and over and over again. And even uh, we Gnostics tell the same, 
detailed versions of the same story over and over again. And I think people get lost in the details. If you get out of the details, stop worrying about the genealogies or whatever, get out of the details, then you can see what the patterns are. And they're these great struggles, these great titanic struggles, you know, the never ending war and whatnot. But that's the other book. That's the Gnostic Gospel Illuminated. <laughs> no, I agree 100%, as I've been saying recently. Human beings, we, we were never built for facts. We're built for patterns, patterns that become stories. Uh, how we yeah. survive is not by saying, oh, there is a leopard charging at me. It's a fact. How we survive is saying, I see the bushes moving. I see the birds flying above the tree line. I see a change. It's a certain time of the day. This pattern tells me there's a predator there's a leopard in those bushes. So that's how we're able to survive as a species because we don't have good claws or anything. We, we, we perceive reality through our mind, and that's by creating stories. Oh, yeah. And even more, Vance has certainly been talking a lot the, about this lately. He's talked about it with uh, Scott Smith and Anthony Peake and others. And uh, Vance, isn't that true that uh, what we're seeing is not... I don't know how do you explain it. it's not reality is things that are explain trying to explain reality like with mathematics and so forth everything is and that Sid talks about that everything is incomplete within our system well yeah well, I think what you're referring to is the um, what we see is constructed um, you know from uh, from the inputs of our senses and so forth but we basically our minds create and 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 our our concept of exactly. what we're seeing yeah right sure we have to interpret it yeah but, but even anyway, as so you say vance yeah real quick you say for example mathematics is just a way to explain the universe it's not the end all or be all oh, right yeah the laws of the universe math. had to be written by something it didn't it's a, just right. come out model. of the big bang yeah right. math is a model math isn't the universe math is a model that we use to explain the universe and, um, you know, that what well, I think what also go ahead, Sid. Well, I was just going to say, and there's big problems right now in, in um, like the world of physics and astronomy, because predictions aren't necessarily coming true. You know, um, people's theories are some theories are being proven correct. Uh, gravity and Einstein, uh, th this is holding up pretty well, but uh, other theories like expecting to find certain particles that they can't find or expecting, how is it that there can be a, uh, a black hole in the center of a planet and the planet doesn't collapse? How is that possible? You know, these, these kinds of things, they're lacking explanations. I keep finding that, that cosmologists and astronomers are stumped. They are stumped because the conventional things that people learned in astronomy class in college uh, 15, 20 years ago, it's, it's a bigger world than that. It's a bigger universe oh, yeah. than that, it turns out. Especially cosmology has been turned on its ears many times mm -hmm. since mm -hmm. I started following it. Right. Good deal. So, all right. Yeah. So you asked the hard question first, uh, Miguel. I mean, the simple explanation is a lot simpler than <laughs> talking about <laughs> well, uh, reductionism and stuff. <laughs> well, we're trying to find out what's also wrong because, again, it's simple. Reality really should be simple, especially how to thrive in it, how to get along, how to find out new answers. But uh, everything has been made so hard. And 
science has a lot to blame with it as much as religion has plenty to blame with how yeah. we perceive uh, reality. So. Right. And philosophy, modern yeah, philosophy. Oh I mean, my brother Billy, who is my, he's still my co-conspirator, you know, he's still 10 years older than me and he's still a philosopher. So we talk just about every day like this. So pardon me if I'm talking too fast. I'm accustomed to <laughs> shooting the breeze in philosophy, but I understand oh, no. this is not normal speech. <laughs> no, no, no problem at all. In fact, a lot of listeners I know, they tell me, now you can listen to a podcast, you can slow it down with a button, speed it up. So people, oh. <laughs> can, people can do whatever they want with our voices. This is the internet in the 21st century. So Right. Okay, so can I start describing the simple explanation? Yes, that was my next question, and that's, well, right. well, it was kind of like that. It was simply, uh, Sid, how did everything begin? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so normally, uh, well, modern science believes that consciousness is a byproduct of the brain. And, and when I was going to college, they, they said it was only the human brains. They, they, they didn't even ascribe consciousness to animals, you know, and birds and all the other creatures on the planet, which, which of course I do. Uh, so they believe it's a byproduct of, uh, you know, your synapses and whatnot in the brain. And they don't quite believe there is such a thing as consciousness that will necessarily exist then after you die because uh, your brain will be turned off but on the contrary i and i think a lot of people nowadays and certainly in the gnostic uh, uh bent also believes this that consciousness is the ground state of everything consciousness was the first thing not not a byproduct of the last thing us uh, consciousness is the first thing. It's the matrix. It's the ground state. And then I say consciousness had a thought. And in the simple explanation, that thought immediately turns into a torus shape in order to contain the thought so that it will not sully the, you know, unsullied own consciousness of, you know, undifferentiated consciousness. Do you understand what I'm saying so far? Mm, yes, I do. What about you, Vance? Yeah, so far. I'm wondering why it's a torus as opposed to a sphere well, or a cube or whatever. Well, here's the thing. Uh, you remember, I see toruses <laughs> like in that movie by, uh, well, anyway, the one that saw goes, I see toruses. The, the torus is the natural shape of explosions. The torus is the natural shape of, 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 a, of a bubble that a porpoise blows underwater. They all come out as toruses. Uh, because think about it. When you start from a singular point, from a singularity, it has to start and go in all directions at once. But it doesn't go in a sphere shape. It, it, the hydrogen bomb is the shape of the torus. There's your top funnel, see? And, and it goes on down. So this sh I believe that the, the um, bang is actually a torus shape. I think we have a torus-shaped universe. And that's a weird thought. Well, yeah, and I, I wish it weren't so weird. Shape? Oh, a torus is a donut. Okay. Because some might be thinking, what? Uh, a bull? Uh, <laughs> I know. So a torus, T-O-R-U-S, is a uh, math, it's a geometric shape, it, like a, a sphere is a shape, or a cube is a shape, a triangle is a shape, a torus, which is the donut shape. So you see that uh, around you in such things as um, inner tubes or uh, donuts or bagels. Right, course, yeah. Any, or, or if you take a slinky, which is the cover of my book, 
you just take an ordinary slinky and you pull it around and, and make the two open ends touch each other and you fasten them. And here you have pretty much a beautiful little Taurus um, uh, as a model. Right, it took me yeah. several years to figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> a good old slinky. Isn't that funny? Yeah. yeah. Can, can you imagine my joy? I was like already five years into the simple explanation <laughs> when I, oh my God, the slinky's a Taurus, everybody. <laughs> Have a slinky on the cover of your book. Yes. Uh, yes. Thank you. So anyway, uh, so that's why. Yeah, I, because I imagined the bang coming out as a Taurus shape. Anyway, so, and it contained itself. And so it's, this is also called a simple fractal model of the conscious universe. And I'm actually suggesting that uh, the, the inner side of the envelope. Okay, so that our universe is essentially a big concept bubble, let's say. A bubble of consciousness that has turned inward on itself in order to contain so it stays away from the ground state. Right, it's like a we are like a uh, a cyst. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's definitely it's very different. But it makes sense. And uh, okay, so I keep wanting to jump over to the Gnostics, but we have to save that. Okay. Anyway, so this is the Big Bang, though. Other than that, so um, it is expanding. Uh, the Taurus are 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 donut shape is getting bigger and bigger and bigger as more and more energy actually comes up from the middle of the universal Taurus. I know at first glance, it seems like a ridiculous idea. It's like the navel of the universe, or you would call it the, the womb of uh, the mother of 10,000 things or Sophia. You yeah, see? Yeah. There it is. That's what it is. The center of the donut is where here and now Boom, it's a zero point hole at the very center. And what is coming out of that center is literally the formula, the algorithms, the physics and chemistry, and even the consciousnesses that, that, that grow to inhabit our universe. All of us are bits of, we are fractals, we're little donuts. Our, our unit of consciousness, okay, so if it's, basically undifferentiated consciousness, no thought type of uh, concept of consciousness is the father or the, the originating ground, you could call it, uh, the absolute. That's the stillness and it, and it, and it has no thought. When, it, when, a, when a thought does happen, it, it's immediately um, surrounded. It's, a boundary is put around it. And um, that is the torus of this ha uh, universe that we happen to be writing in. Heck, there might be a whole lot of these bubbles. My theory is not inconsistent with the multiverse or, uh, you know, the most... Ah, uh, actually, Sid Vance and I were talking about that before the show. Uh, we were wondering. Yes, you, <laughs> you've answered our question. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. And, and, and what I say is actually that at the material level, what's bubbling up, so it's a fractal that's popping out. It's not just that we're riding in the side of a great big donut. <laughs> we're in the dough part, see, the donut. But 
there are also little units of consciousness that are fractals of the big donut. They're pouring out, streaming into our universe. And those are the protoparticles that will become the quantum foam that becomes the, uh, you know, the subatomic particles that become the atoms and the molecules and the elements. And they, everything just keeps aggregating larger and larger. But this is a cool thing about my theory. Everything, okay, think about this. Think that everything in the universe follows the same exact fractal pattern of holding hands with your neighbors and working together. You hold hands like you're in a circle, like there's uh, eight of you holding hands in a circle, and you are focusing on the middle of the donut. You will become the wall of the donut. You know, remember the little black sambo? Remember that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's probably in politically incorrect to <laughs> even mention that now. But anyway, uh, uh, so it, it's like, yeah, we're the, we're the tigers in, in making up the donut. And what we focus on in unison with our brothers on either side of us, we all focus on that thing. Guess what happens? We level up. That's how things get built. So think about this. Subatomic particles reach out to other subatomic particles and they make atoms. Atoms reach out to other atoms, as we know now, because we're in the world of chemistry and they, with their valences and all, and they make molecules. Molecules reach out to other molecules with their molecular bonds and they make elements. And then elements are the basic building blocks of all the material in the universe, including our bodies and everything else. That's why they say we are stardust and all that. You follow? Yes, I am following. So just uh, so <clears throat> the donut hole, and I'm thinking that used to be like a, an insult back 50 years ago. Don't be a donut because <laughs> you're just empty space. The donut hole is consciousness uh, understanding itself. And then, it's consciousness uh, inform and informing the material in this universe. And the, the donut itself is the material in the universe. There's the big donut holding us in, like the mother's womb still. The mm -hmm. mother is growing. Sophia is enfolding us still. And, uh, but also bubbling out endlessly is all of the energy and information, the algorithms, all the corrections. It's all still coming in from the um, universal unit of consciousness is our gigantic shape. It's not only holding us in, but it, uh, you know, and away from the unsullied metaverse or uh, the father, whatever you want to call it. Uh, oops, I just got lost. <laughs> Sorry. I jumped out to the father and got lost. That's funny. Uh, Come back anyway. to the donut. <laughs> okay, back to the donut. So everything, whether it's a human working on a, let's say humans in a, you know, of course, this is metaphorical speech I'm using. I'm up a meta level from what's actually going on. So that's right. why it's describing everything. I was just now building blocks, all the, the molecules and whatnot, right? Everything does do that. And in our bodies, get this, think about it this way. Think of any, uh, like your skin cells. Well, your skin cells hold hands with their surrounding skin cells and all together, do they not build the organ called skin? Isn't that amazing? Uh, everything in our, your, all your heart, uh, um, cells they hold they literally do they hold hands with their adjacent heart cells and they all beat together and together they make the heart so we are made up of these various organ systems it's not just humans of course it's all animals but it's the same pattern of working with your neighbors 
And once you hold hands and work on the project together, something you could never create on your own, you can only do with the assistance, the information and the coherence of your neighbors or love, you level up to that next thing. So the skin cells level up to be skin. The skin holds hands with the other organs in our bodies, the kidneys, the liver, the heart, everything else. And it levels up to become an organism, see? Everything levels up. So at the organism level, like we humans are, or the dogs or the birds or the slugs, whatever, what we level up to is cultural. It's societal. What we build isn't necessarily uh, an organ. We build cities. We build Hollywood. Uh, We build politics. We build stories. You know, we build clothes and manufacture cars. So, and you can only do it. You don't do it by yourself, right? Uh, what's a factory? It's everybody working together. You know, of course, I'm an idealist. These are ideal things I say, obviously. People don't work together all that well. And, and there's redundancy, but it's kind of proof of free will. I know sometimes people on your show ask, is there such a thing as free will? That's right. a, one of the conundrums. Well, mm-hmm. I say, yes, absolutely. Absolutely, because... It's chaos at the bottom. (laughs) And what is chaos but an an utter expression of free will because it has no law. So that quantum foam level of the beginning of the instantiation or what you might call the fall, uh, it is chaotic at first. And that is all free will. And we are building upward out of that uh, chaotic foam. So see, you think of yourself as a, a singular entity, but really you are just the Rajah sitting on top of your meat mountain, right? (laughs) because you're made up of all these things, all these units of consciousness, billions, countless billions of units of consciousness make up you, your body. It's not just you sitting up there, your ego or yourself. There are hundreds of billions of things in your body, cells, organs, molecules, everything is working to hold your integrity. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, now that you think about it, it's kind of weird. I'm looking down at my body going, hmm. It's true. <laughs> They're all working for you. And you are, the, that's why we're supposed to be good to ourselves. It's not because, you know, people feel bad about being good to themselves, but really you're being a kind God to your universe. Meat Mountain's your universe. Yeah, that is true. But Sid, real quick, you talk about units of consciousness. How would you define that? Well, the unit of consciousness, see, I the reason I'm calling everything everything that has consciousness is a unit of consciousness. Whereas, for example, the universal unit of consciousness is one gigantic unit of consciousness, man. And whereas the the uh, original ground state, the metaverse, uh is not a unit of consciousness. It is consciousness. So anything that breaks off of it or is encapsulated or insisted, C-Y-S-T, insisted uh, by, uh, you know, the thought bubble, which is our universe here, it is a unit of consciousness as opposed to the great formless void out there that is not a unit because it's it's, uh, eternal. Okay, yeah, that makes sense, especially when I'm thinking there's Miguel, who's a consciousness, but he's made up of all these little cells of consciousness, but it, I don't lose my integrity because I'm made up of 
all these consciousnesses. I'm still that one consciousness. Well, the else. deal is this, get this. We're only responsible for our immediate environment. So you are responsible to your family, you know, and your, your, your coworkers or whatever, whatever your realm of responsibility is, you, you know what it is. Uh, that's your responsibility, but you are not responsible for things that are happening on the other side of the world or happened 10,000 years ago or are going on in your liver. Well, I guess it depends on what your habits are. <laughs> See, because we are supposed to be the kind leader. We are the kind the kindly leader of our bodies. So our unit of consciousness, so my unit of consciousness is Sid, your unit of consciousness, your governing, I call it your governing unit of consciousness is Miguel. But Miguel, underneath your awareness is each of your organs is a unit of consciousness and each cell in, in each of those organs is a unit of consciousness. And if you've ever watched those, you know, have you ever watched those videos on YouTube of the inner life of the cell? Have you ever seen any of those? Oh, they're so beautiful. No, they're these like cartoons of what's going on inside of our cells. And it's just incredible. It's incredible. It's like Whoville. It really is. So I pretty much think they're all units of consciousness. I think anything that is flesh or meat has a unit of consciousness that is carrying the formula for its job. So I don't have to know, Sid up here doesn't have to know the job of my thigh muscle on, on the back on the left, but neither does my thigh muscle need to know the job of Sid or the job of the lungs. You see, everybody needs to stick to their own lane. Oh, by the way, I was listening to one of your shows a week or two ago. And remember that thing about know thy place? That yes, new interpretation. Yes. Mm -hmm. But get this. I had a different take on it. Mm. How about knowing thy place? I'm going to put it back on the positive side again. I'm just saying I'm responsible for the people, for my neighbors and my family and the things I can control. It's like think globally, act locally. This is a really a, an instantiation of that. Everything on your, everything in your body, everything in the ecology is, is only responsible for its sphere of influence. No, that makes sense. Yeah. You can see it as a, your sacred duty, know your place. How are you going to know? That's what things? I'm saying. And it's not necessarily even in the duty sense because, well, for, let me tell you, when I was an innkeeper there for those many years in, I liked job because the job was a strictly defined set of responsibilities. Every day was the same, you understand, you know, with the guest relations and the cleaning and mm -hmm. the ironing and the yeah. cooking and, you know, it, it, checking people in, checking people out. It's exactly the same job day in and day out. But there is a great joy to that if you don't mind that job. So I didn't mind being an innkeeper. I liked all those subunit jobs. But uh, so I, I, I felt good knowing my place. See what I mean? It wasn't a duty. Yes, it was my duty to take care of my guests, but it was comfortable to do this because I knew what to do and I was good at it and I was happy. It's like uh, finding your, I believe it was right in my lane and it gave me a lot of time to do thinking too. And look at all the philosophizing I did while I was <laughs> chopping fruit salad and all the talking I did to the guests all those years. Yes, for the audience, uh, it was a discussion in our Finding Hermes group where I brought uh, some scholarship that the idea of uh, the Oracle of Delphi and know thyself is actually not a positive thing because it 
can be translated to know your place. And that's what the Titan Oceanus tells Prometheus. He tells him, don't stir the boat. Uh, know, you know, he says, know thyself, but he might have been saying, know your place. In other words, keep your head down and shut up. But this is a discussion we, of course, have in Finding Hermes. But before we continue, uh, <laughs> I want to ask Vance, because I've got here a simple explanation of absolutely everything. And Sid does a great job of offering uh, pictures and diagrams. I see a lot of donuts, a lot of <laughs> physics stuff. Uh, Vance, is this making sense to you, her uh, simple explanation of absolutely everything? Yeah, so far, um, I actually bought the book uh, <laughs> while oh, we were hey. talking we on Kindle. Or so. Oh, great. There you go. Ding. And, uh, yeah, well, uh, the um, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm trying to imagine the structure of the Taurus, and what my mind served up to me was not just a Taurus, but a fractal 3D, a 3D fractal Taurus where you have a Taurus, and then within the Taurus, inside three-dimensionally there are all these little tauruses that and each one has this null zone in it that's actually yeah the pleroma right and they're all nesting on the same point right yeah yeah yes it, so that that's that's what i've come up with so far i'll take that it, yeah it all it all makes it all makes sense so far yeah. so the, the unique thing about the simple explanation now that we're talking simple explanation it's this idea that everything no matter what and that's why i call them units of consciousness because it doesn't matter whether it's a uh an atom or a cell or a human being everything works with its immediate neighbors focusing together on getting the job done. I mean, this is, this is what we should do. This is the should. I'd say, thank goodness, our cells know what to do. See, our bodies pretty much follow the script. Your, your skin is happy to be skin. Your heart is happy to beat, you know? Your kidneys are happy to filter water. This is what makes them happy. They know their place. <laughs> yeah, we call, it, uh, we, we call it systems in engineering. Or in there you su go. Systems, subsystems, and so forth. They're organizations. I've right. been saying for years and years, I mean, since the 70s, at least, that um, societies are organisms, you know, and um, even groups are, are organisms. They can right. they act like organisms. We don't right. perceive them as that because we're at our level, but uh, right. the next level up. So, it's so, exactly I, I it. it. It's exactly it. The, um, you know, we might no, we might have a sense of the next level up, but then again, we might not. I mean, you know, it depends on what, what I think we probably know just up and we probably know there's something down. Like people talk about their subconscious or people, you know, they, if you stub your toe, do you ever apologize to your toe? I do. <laughs> yeah, or curse it. <laughs> well, we can see the effects, by the way, right? We can see the effects of these uh, things that we are a part of we, right well that's right we can so so yes i think we can see the things we level up that's what we do that's when we're work a, a, a well <laughs> it's a well-oiled machine you know i i don't think it's wrong i think humans like to work in harmony i think see i'm i'm actually advocating a harm, more harmonious way of relating to everything to and, and i don't know anyway go ahead ask me another question <laughs> Let's see. Vance, do you have another question or shall I continue? No, let's, let's Governing continue. consciousness name Vance. <laughs> <laughs> no, let, let's uh, let's uh, expand the simple universe a little bit more. All right. Okay. 
so there's this, uh, the, there, actually the simple explanation has uh, four basic ideas, period. And this is a very short book because it, there's only four ideas in it. <laughs> uh, the first one is, is the torus, is the donut shape and toroidal dynamics. So also, of course, you know, the torus shape is what makes what for electromagnetism, right? And we've got toruses all throughout the universe. There's toruses, you know, like the Van Allen belt is a, is a torus or, or the shape of various galaxies are, are generally toruses. Yes, electric fields. These, these, they're, everything observable is a torus, and when when it's not observable as a torus, I'm saying it's a metaphorical torus. You know, like you're not really holding hands with your family unless you're praying around the table, but uh, you're you're, but you are all a family, and that's why you're supposed to get along because our job is to be a happy family. <laughs> anyway, Do they spin. So, Do the toruses spin? Yes, the Tauruses have all kinds of dynamics. And in the book, um, those, some of those various dynamics are explained. But the Taurus, so, so, so the Taurus rotates. This is neat. It, okay, first imagine the donut, okay? And imagine it's got a very tiny hole at the, very, at the middle, which is essentially a, a zero point hole or a little tiny black hole. Okay, it's that small. And that is consciousness sitting there, basically. And it's coming out of this extremely small place. And now it's suddenly expanding and riding the outside of the donut. And it's riding around and around and around. It's getting bigger and bigger. So it's not just the inside that it's expanding, but there's also things going around on the outside. You know, the, the sections of an orange, when you peel an orange and you got that just the orange sitting there with that, the skin hiding it, that's that shape. That's the way the energy generally goes around. And in the way I think of it, it's coming down through the top, frisoning at the middle. We see that it's coming out of the middle entirely and it going into our, uh, the inside of the torus, but also part of it's coming out and wrapping around the outside of the torus. And I'm thinking in my metaphorical way that, here and now is at the very center. And as you go down, the part that's going down is, so to speak, history. It's, it's our memories. It's the history. It's the karma. Here's where karma happens. Karma is riding around the outside of the donut. And that's uh, history and uh, beliefs and so forth and karma. And then it's funneling. It gets back up at the top and then it comes back down the funnel again. And this is how your karma affects your present because you're sitting there at the here and now always. But all the stuff's going around. What goes around comes around. <laughs> Do you follow that? Can you picture that? Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay, because I, all right, well. Yeah, you got to read the book. You got to see the diagrams. Okay, everybody, <laughs> yeah, get we the have book. to test it's it with Vance unless he's opened a Kindle copy. Or no, something. Well, anyway. I'm, I'm on the page. I see the karma so, with the with the Taurus and the all right. There the you go. Karma. You're there. So anyway, so the toroidal dynamics is just part of it. The second part of it we've already gone through. That's what I call the simple golden rule, and it goes reaching out to help others with love, aid, and information for the betterment of all. That's all they want to do. They're just, they're just hanging out with their buds on either side. And they are units of consciousness. They're not as smart as we are. They only know as much as a cell knows, but there's a heck of a lot that goes on in a cell. So there's, there's a lot of action down there. There's a lot of consciousness, but it's just interested in what its job is. We also should be interested in what our jobs are. Isn't that funny? You see what I'm saying? It's like 
um, an, uh, uh, a hydrogen atom doesn't have to know how to zip and unzip DNA. That's not its job. It just has to find the nearest oxygen, grab on and make water or whatever. Yeah, it knows its place. It knows its place. <laughs> it <has> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And in the best possible sense. And so to, much to our, it's good. Luckily enough, most units of consciousness know their place and enjoy doing their jobs. Most of us want to get along with others and to work and make a beautiful home or a beautiful city or a beautiful planet. I think that is our basic drive. I think we are intrinsically that because we are what? We are fractals of the universal unit of consciousness. No, is that one way to, is, see? see, so we are coming from perfection. But once we get out into what I call the chewy blue middle, that's the doughy part of the donut where, you know, so now we're in the world of our galaxy and imagine, <clears throat> you know, you being on our planet in, in the Milky Way and so forth. Uh, once we're out here, there's been a lot of entropy from the time that the elements that are in my body were, were spit out, you know, at the time of the Big Bang or all the way across the universe coming out of the universal center or wherever it's coming from. It, it's been a long time. There's been a lot of entropy and some of the algorithm has dropped off. There are, our telomeres are growing short, so to speak. Telomeres are, the, are these little shoelace caps that go on DNA so the DNA doesn't ac accidentally peel off. They've got these little caps called telomeres. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, it is. And that's one of the things that causes aging is your telomeres gradually uh, break, break, <laughs> break and disappear. And then you start losing little bits of DNA and you grow old. Oh dear. Anywho. It's part of the system, right? It's part of the system. That's right. Okay. So two cents. So toroidal dynamics, simple golden rule. Okay. Now we haven't even gotten to the next thing. Memes and meme exchange. So, Memes are not just cute posters. Before, can we can I ask right. a couple of questions yes. before we yes. get there, so the Absolutely. audience knows uh, we've got everything because because the meme is going to be it's going to be edgy and fun when we get to oh. the section. <laughs> you promise? <laughs> yes, I promise because you added some spicy stuff in your book, but you write uh, in one part that consciousness is both imminent and transcendent. How is that? And maybe explain when did time come about or what is time that other day? Oh my gosh. So you're asking, but you know, you're asking the hard questions before people understand, but okay. You're saying memes isn't, see, you're, you're thinking memes isn't an essential part of the theory, but that's cool. I'm cool. No, it is All essential. Right. I just, no, I get you. Like no, 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 no. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. Okay. <laughs> Where are we? Are you on a certain page? No, it was, uh, gonna... it's around, yeah, it's around the, the karma section, the golden rule. All right. And what's your question again? Consciousness can be both imminent and transcendent. Oh, yeah. Well, people talk about imminent and transcendent. And imminent means within and transcendent means above. So mm. there, some people wonder, is consciousness from God above or is consciousness part of me? Is it bubbling up from me? Well, that's the mud up, spirit down part in my, in my theory. We are all both. We are enveloped we are enveloped by consciousness at the, at the very large scale, at the outside edge of the universe, but we are also imminent in that we're bubbling every single subatomic particle within us uh, is bubbling up from the, 
you know, from the ground up, so to speak, replicating the fractals of the, of the, uh, the donut, so to speak. The, everything knows its job. Everything is a fractal of the original formula, but it only has to activate its job. Y- y- you understand what I mean? Yeah, need to know, need yeah. to know everything. There's a bit of eternal and timelessness and omniscience and omnipresence inside of every bit of those countless billions and billions of parts inside of our body. So obviously the consciousness is bubbling up, but we're also enveloped by consciousness and by the consciousness of those around us and by the consciousness of the planet. You know, got the Kaya hypothesis. Uh, I think our planet is, it's uh, conscious in the sense that it is the home of our transpersonal shared consciousness that we all have. We're level, you know, that's part of where our consciousness is, that Jungian transpersonal level. No, that makes sense. I hope this makes sense to people. I just sound like I'm raving. I no, no, no. Right. Does it make sense? <laughs> yeah, it makes sense to me, but I know something about fractals and so forth. And, it may be difficult for people mm. to imagine the true um, recursion or whatever you want. Not, not Let me explain what sorry. a fractal is. Good idea. Let's, yeah, okay. Here's what a fractal is. A fractal is a kind of a formula. It's a kind of noticing of the way some things go where each part of the object is a little replication, more or less, of the larger object. So, for example, with a head of broccoli, have you ever noticed how you hold a, a piece of broccoli in your hand, the, the whole head, the big one you, that comes right out of the store, and when you peel off a branch of it, that br- small branch you're holding looks just like the one in your, your other hand, exactly. only it's smaller. And, and by the way, they're shaped the same, too. If you've got a funny-shaped big broccoli, notice the next time you pull off one of its florets, it's got the same funny shape. It's a really an incredible fractal. And then you can do this down to at least seven or eight levels on an ordinary broccoli of continually pulling off one branch, and now you've got a little one and a bigger one and a bigger one and a bigger one. And you can go down seven, eight levels with an ordinary piece of broccoli and see each – I'm using broccoli because I'm imagining everybody knows what, what I mean. But um, mm-hmm. what else is like a, a fractal? There, some fractals don't go on and on forever, but the formula would ex- describe them as going on forever. But for example, a dandelion, you know, the puff of a dandelion when it's at the puffball stage. Have you ever noticed that all those little um, parts of it, those little fuzzy things are little puffballs themselves? Right, yeah. So that's a fractal. That's a real simple fractal. Lots of flowers are fractals. Not all flowers. A rose is not a fractal look, but there's a lot of plants that are where when you look, oh, like um, sweet listens, uh, when you look at them or yarrow, when you look at the stalk and then you start pulling off little parts of the flower, they're just like little bouquets, little bouquets. And so those are the little fractals of the mother flower. So anyway, that's a kind of a, a mathematical term. A fractal is an, uh, and, and the formula is a, a infinitely uh, recursive, that is repeating, replication of the same little description, whether it's, let's say the description in this case was a broccoli, a head of broccoli, you know, that theoretically you could have a broccoli gigantic uh, just built off of this formula. 
it's a real simple formula for fractals. Right, and with a fractal, you can create an infinite number of copies without the whole losing. Any oh, of it's right. Being yeah, compromised, so, it's still exactly. whole, complete, right. eternal. Right. It it never decreases. And in fact, a weird thing about the fractal, and I think that this is what's going on on our universe, is that the inside border of our of our space, you know, it's it's once again it's Truman's show. You know, there is a wall. <laughs> there's there's a wall to the set. So the inside uh in my theory, the inside edge of our universal unit of consciousness, our universal unit that we are writing in that is our apparent universe uh, is an, a fractal just infinitely bubbling away uh, on the edge so that it can keep absorbing everything. It can keep holding everything in and none of it ever escapes out because it, 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 uh, the fractals can go infinitely large without ever growing actually. <laughs> and that's, they have to see the visual. It would be too hard describing the triangle. No, but it makes perfect sense. It's a relatively the same, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're all the same, and then the the total never gets compromised, but it's infinite in potential creation, right. everything. For the audience, uh, where can they find out about your blog and your work so they can get more acquainted with it? Well, my blog address is a simple explanation, all one word dot blogspot.com or you can you can do a search for a simple explanation and my name is c y d sid and the last name is rop r o p p two p's as in peter so the gnostic gospel is very short and its purpose is is illumination it, it, it is really simple don't you think so miguel Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah. but uh, again, there's so much to unpack. I think uh, our last yeah. interview, we also did about an hour and 45 minutes just for right. like 40 pages. We went to uh, some wonderful places like this good. interview. So good. good deal. Always glad to have you. Well, first, uh, Vance, thanks for being here. Always love your wisdom. My only disappointment, I was like, is Vance going to have a pun on fractal? Come on, give me a pun on fractal. <laughs> Fractal fairy tales, maybe. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> remember that? Yes, yeah. that was great. That was great. Oh yes, time. I love those. Well, now I think I'm going to. Uh, after the interview, I'll go off and have a donut. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's awesome. And of course, uh, we will have uh, on the show notes links to Sid's work. Uh, Vance comes with some puns. I will put them there on too. And uh, other than that, uh, Sid, as always, it's great to have you here at the Virtual Alexandria, this time to discuss your book, A Simple Explanation of Absolutely Everything. Thank you so much. And there you have it, my beloved truth seekers. The first part of our interview with Sid Rock. Noticing how conscious the universe is and how you are part of a whole that is eternal? Feel more in our second part. We'll finally get into Sid's ideas on memes. Sid will discuss archons as well as how reincarnation and past lives fit into her simple explanation of everything. She'll address the question of whether AI or androids could be conscious. 
Can we transcend the donut or are we eternally recycling in it as the Stoics claimed? Sid will relate her views on how Jesus and Sophia fit in her elegant system. And much, much more. Almost an hour more. So become an AB Prime member or patron at Patreon for the full Gnosis-filled donut. Only $6.99 a lunar cycle or whatever you want to pledge on Patreon. You won't find this Gnostic or Hermetic content or many of our guests anywhere in cyberspace or even meat space. When you subscribe, it will cost you about a buck per episode. And that's a deal of many lifetimes. Membership includes full access to the Archives with more than 500 episodes, 14 years of quality interviews. You'll also get an invitation to the Inner Sanctum of Gnosis Facebook group and the Discord channel, where many past guests hang out there, and I'm always there to answer your questions. Even support in the form of some shekels to PayPal or the US mail really, really helps. I also have the merch store and an Amazon wish list as I always need equipment in this universe of entropy. Finding Hermes is live and so are our virtual Alexandria exclusive private meetings that include spiritual and mental exercises loyal to the ancient Gnostics and a whole lot of stimulating conversation on many heretical topics in a Q&A. I've already given some lessons on Gnostic chants, vowel magic, mystical Eucharist, and much more. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being yourself, your true self, here in the desert of the real. Hello and goodbye, as always. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, 
We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.